Hey guys, I'm Randy. And I'm Daniel. We're two lifelong friends and musicians, but when we're not playing gigs, we like to talk games. And today, on the <laughs> Game and Gig Podcast, we are talking about some less obvious ways to game on a budget. So we have already done an entire podcast about gaming on a budget. We have. And we hit kind of all the main ways there. But today, I wanted to talk about some of the less obvious ways. You want maybe, to do that today? Maybe some of the more like secret ways. Not secret mm. ways, but maybe some ways that you just don't think of immediately, you know? Secret ways. Secret ways. I like that. Okay. Well, talk about your first secret way here, Randy. So, I would first like to talk about... <laughs> huh? I, I don't know what you're... You hit your microphone? Yeah. Well, we can't have that. I got scared. Don't be scared. This is not something to be afraid of. Thanks, man. So there are some ways that you can game for free legally. So what? Legal ways to game for free. So first of all, you should know that if you're looking to save money, obviously you don't want to be spending any actual money. Right. This is the best way to game on a budget if is you're gonna to spend, spend no money. If you're going to spend any money, it should be that Monopoly money. Right. Some of that fake money. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like some frozen yogurt punch card that you have or something. You know, you can spend that. You can spend that. But don't spend real money. Because if you're going to game on a budget, the best way is to just it, for it to be free. And yeah. there are some ways. How do you game on a budget if your budget is zero? Go. Go. First of all, free to play is pretty much like the new way that mm-hmm. companies are releasing games. It is. And it can be, if you're smart about it, it really can be free. Yes, it can. I mean, obviously the big one is Fortnite. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can play Fortnite for free and have the same experience as everybody else. Halo Infinite? Halo Infinite. You can play the multiplayer for free. You don't even have to have Xbox Live. I mean... That's awesome. There are tons and tons. Apex Legends. Yeah. There are tons of free-to-play games, and they can be really great games. And you can just go to any of the, like, the Nintendo Switch eShop or the PlayStation Store or the Xbox or whatever. Go and filter by free mm-hmm. and look and see what games are there that are free. There are a bunch of them. Yeah, absolutely. And tons of mobile games. Oh, yeah. As well. Yeah. So you can try these free-to-play games and use them as a way to game on a budget and spend no money but you have to be really careful big but yeah because often these (laughs) often these free games (laughs) i can't believe that got you uh, it should have got me (laughs) but these free games are filled with microtransactions loot boxes stuff like that they want you to spend money they do not want it to be free no they didn't want it to be anything but free in fact they want it to cost money so (laughs) don't fall for that crap most of the time, it seems like, in most games, they're cosmetic. To to a certain degree, anyway. I mean, yeah. Fortnite is that way. Um, Apex Legends, I mean, you, you buy the Legends or whatever they're called, and they play differently. So I, I don't know if that's necessarily, if anything's OP or not. But just be careful. Yeah, just if you're going to go this route and you're going to play free-to-play games as being the way that you don't spend any money on games, mm-hmm. you just got to know that they're going to push these microtransactions and loot boxes and things in your face all the time. Yep. So you got to be able to just turn it off and say, nope, I'm not going to buy any of it. I'm just going to enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, if you can be strong. Yeah. Now, I mean, is it very possible that eventually 
I will buy the Darth Vader skin in Fortnite. Yes. <laughs> but don't be like me. Some of us are stronger than others. That's right. Some of us are stronger than others, and some of us have gone to the dark side long ago. <laughs> but this is that's one legal way to play free games. Very legal. Um, the next legal way to play free games mm-hmm. is the Epic Games Store. Every week, I think it's every week. Yeah, I think so. They have a free game or two. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're like really big games. Yeah. I always forget to check it, but I have claimed them a number of times. But mm-hmm. uh, definitely go check that. I mean, you can get some good stuff. Some really good stuff. I mean, huge games. Um, like Just the other day, actually, I saw Fortnite was on there for free. <laughs> no, but really, I, I have gotten like ARK. Um, what was the game? One of the games this week was not super huge, but there. sometimes it's hit, sometimes it's missed. Sometimes they will be a, a game you're super excited to play, and other times they might be a game that you've never heard of, but mm-hmm. who knows? What is if that game that I got for to- free that you... Oh, Brothers. Brothers, yeah. 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 So there are tons of free games that are... Epic is always releasing these games that are free. So, you know, you probably can't even play them all in the, t- in the amount that they release them. So if you're looking to spend no money on games... You know, look at the Epic Game Store. I think that Steam might do this as well, but I can't remember seeing them push it on the Steam Store. They might have some free stuff. I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. I, I don't think I've ever gotten anything off off there for free. I don't think I have either, but I, I kind of... Something in my mind tells me that they do, but I don't know. Yeah. But for sure, the Epic Game Store definitely does. And the Epic Game Store is completely free. You just have to have a PC, you know? That's right. So... It's not 100% free because you have to have a PC. But if you have a PC, the games are free. Yeah, but I mean, if we're talking about gaming, I mean, if that's how we're going to draw the line, like none of this is free because you got to have a way to play the games. Right. Fact. Even if it's a phone. like. Right. But still, the I think that that is probably one of the ways that if I were, if I had no money and I wanted a game. All you had was a PC, a gaming PC to your name. <laughs> okay. Well, still, it's free games. It's free games. You you got your... Uh, you're like getting off your neighbor's Wi-Fi, you know, from the cardboard box, like out back of his house. But you've got this like RGB'd out gaming PC. If the neighbor comes outside at the right time of night, he can just hear click, 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 and click, see click. this ever-changing glow of <laughs> <Yeah>. light. <laughs> he thought it was the Aurora Borealis for years. Turns out it was just a hobo with a gaming addiction. <laughs> getting free epic games. <clears throat> That's right. So there's one more. There is one more. And I, I haven't done any of this. Uh, Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming. Yeah. I haven't done that at all. Yeah. So like Prime Gaming kind of also, kind of like Epic Games, <clears throat> they have free stuff. They have free games uh, every, I don't know if it's every week, every month. I go on there and claim them all the time. I don't know. They change them all the time. But mm-hmm. if you have Amazon Prime, which, okay, this is kind of cheating because it's also not exactly free because you have to have Amazon Prime. Right. But a lot of people do, though. But let's just assume you're going to have Amazon Prime anyway. Well, Amazon Prime Gaming, they have a lot of free games, and it's always more than one. They have multiple free games, and they have tons of free like loot and stuff in other games. So, like, say Fortnite, mm. which is another free-to-play game, they'll often have like cosmetics and stuff that they're just giving mm. away to Prime members. So it can be a great way to kind of uh, supplement some free-to-play games or other games you're playing and also just get free games from them. So. Yeah. Do you have to play them on Luna? 
No, I think they're off. The ones that, if I can remember right, the ones that I've gotten have been like, I think, I want to say Steam Keys. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I so like it. there are some free ways to game out there legally. Right. right. So give those a try. You keep making that distinction. I'm confused. Yeah. I, <laughs> so there are also some ways to game for free that maybe aren't so legal. Um, Daniel, why don't you tell us about some ways that you might game for free that maybe is a little, uh, little less you know, on the up and up. How about I tell you about a way to game on a budget that has a bad reputation that it doesn't deserve? And that would be emulating. So <laughs> the first note on our outline says the dark side of saving money. And I think that is hilarious. <laughs> so emulating is exactly what it sounds like. You know, you're using a PC or some other, you know, a phone, some sort of device to, to uh, play ROMs from various systems. And normally these are retro systems. And um, that's all there is to it. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, like, if we're talking about saving money while gaming, and, you know, if you really don't have any money to spend on games, but you want a game, and you're willing to go to any, you know, measure to make it happen, you can just emulate the games, and you can pretty much have every game ever at your fingertips. Well, you're going to have to have... You're going to have to have at some point spent the money on those games to obtain the ROM. So, okay, we should probably talk about the legal way to emulate and then we'll talk about it. So, there is a way to legally emulate. And that is if you have a copy of a game, from what I understand, it is perfectly legal to have a backup ROM of a game that you own. That's right. And to play it. And obviously, the act of emulating is not the part that has its, you know, that well, it's illegal. Listen, it's, the way you get your ROMs is, um, what a man, the, the way a man gets his ROMs is a man's business. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. The actual act of emulating is, is not illegal. No, not at all. And um, a lot of people seem to think it is. No. Yeah, emulating in it on its own is not illegal at all. It's really uh, coming about those ROMs that maybe you, how you get them and right. do you have a actual copy of that game? Did you ever pay to play that game? That's where it starts to get a little iffy. Yes, and there's a, there's a lot of debate about that because mm -hmm. some of these games that people might be emulating are not available for purchase, <laughs> period, right now. Right. So even if you wanted to give them your money, you can't. Right. But that ain't going to stop them from trying to sue you. <laughs> so, you know, well, they're not really going to sue you. They're going to sue a bigger entity. But Right. Um, yeah. You know, I think, and, and the thing about emulating it, to me, that's so cool is that there's all these awesome little handheld emulators that you can buy from these Chinese companies, mainly. Um and, you know, they're always coming out with a new one. That doesn't always mean that they're stronger and can emulate better systems. It seems like that iteration happens like every three years because it's like they just recycle the same chip over and over and over. But um, that is so cool to me because I just love, I loved my Game Boy back in the day. And I love that I can have an emulator that has so many of these games on it. 
you know, with the, the quality of life improvements of save states and things like that. Fast forward, rewind. Yeah. You know how, how great it is to be able to fast forward through a Pokemon game? I know, man. <laughs> I I remember the first time I ever played an emulated Pokemon and just knowing that I could play it on like, like walk around and double speed. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it made it so much better. And then if you're ever having to grind through like battles after battles, playing those in double mm-hmm. speed, it just makes everything so much better. Yeah. Who gives a crap about running shoes or a bike, you know, if you're walking at double speed? I mean, it's, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Uh, but when we're talking about gaming on a budget. <clears throat> Emulating um, can be a way to do that. That being said, the legal way to emulate by having a copy of the game and then using the ROM as a backup and emulating that way doesn't save you any money. <laughs> so let's just keep that in mind. No, and in fact, those devices to rip those ROMs can be pretty hard to come by and expensive. <laughs> right. But also keep in mind that uh, even if you do want to emulate games and you aren't going to pay for your ROMs, or you're not going to have actual copies of the games, <laughs> right? I don't know who would do that. This guy. Like, what? But even if you did want to do that, you still have to have a device on which to emulate, mm-hmm. and that could just be a PC or even a smartphone. Mm-hmm. Especially an Android phone is great uh, for emulating. In fact, a lot of those handheld emulators are Android-based. iPhones are a little harder, but it can be done. Yeah, it can be done. But just keep in mind that there is a little bit of moral ambiguity behind the act of obtaining ROMs and playing them through emulation. But it is a way to save money when you're talking about wanting to play video games. So I think in a podcast or, or an episode or a segment about saving money and gaming on a budget is something to talk about. Fair enough. Fair enough, right? At least bring <laughs> it up, right? Okay. All right. I'm a... Uh, this, Next segment is, I think, maybe a much less obvious way to save money gaming. And uh, so one thing I've noticed about buying video games is that, or that digital games hardly ever go on sale, or I should say, no, that's not true because they do go on sale, but it seems... We've talked about some ways that they do. Yeah. But it seems like that digital games keep their retail, their highest retail price for much longer yeah. than physical games in a brick and mortar store do. It does. It does seem that way. Yeah. Even though there's, you get a lot less. You do get a lot less because when you're buying digital games, you're really just, even though it seems like you own the game, what you're really buying is the right to play that game as long as the service to download it and mm-hmm. then host it is still available. Right. And you're not getting any box art or, you know, a manual back in the day. You're not getting a box like, but you're paying the same. You're not keeping, you're not, even, you're not getting a hard copy of the game that you can keep. You know, if, if the servers go down, your mm-hmm. copy, if it's digital is gone or, you know, yes, you can't is. redownload it. Whereas if you have a physical game, the game is baked onto that disc or in that cartridge and it's there. Mm hmm. Normally, sometimes yeah. the A version of the game is there, whether it's a good version or not is that's another question. A, that's such a horrible thing. That's and and like, or you just like don't even get the full game, and you got to still download something. Yeah, but let's work under the assumption that for the most part, when you get a physical game, you are getting the game on the disc or the cartridge. Let's work under that assumption. Yeah. So, 
one of the best ways, I think, or one an A way, I shouldn't even say it's really the best ways, but A way to save money, uh, you know, game on a budget, is just going all physical. Because then you can do things like buy used games. You know, you can wait for a sale. You can rent it. Like, those are all things that are only possible with physical games. Right. That's true. Um, you know, and not only that, you get to scratch that collector's itch. Yes. Yeah. Which and that's a, a huge thing. one for me. I mean, I love yeah. collecting. I have since I was a kid. Yeah. And you can't, I mean, like, I just don't feel the same about my digital library. I forget games that I have in my digital library. I just completely don't even realize I have them. Yeah. It's a different, I, I think about them differently. I don't, I don't know that I ever think about them any, or think about them being lesser, even though they objectively are. Um, I, I think of them as like, well, if I need to play something, that's always available. You know, that's convenient. Like, I, that's kind of the way I think. It's just different. They get, like, categorized differently in my ridiculous brain. Yeah, they're de- certainly, I think, I certainly think of them differently because I can say, like, for an example, I own um, Uncharted 4 digitally, right? But I bought a physical version of it because I wanted to have a physical version for my collection. Yeah. And, and that may just be because I'm a collector, but... I definitely think that, and one, I spent less on the um, physical version of mm-hmm. that game because you can get that game used for super cheap now. So Yeah, I did the same thing with Hades. I played Hades digitally, and then I bought a physical copy. Right. Because I couldn't bear to think of a future where I couldn't play that game. Right. I mean, it's it's rare that, well, and kind of piggybacking on that, I bet you paid less or the same that you did for your digital copy. I think it was about the same because I bought the physical or the digital copy when a friend of mine told me it was on sale. Oh. Okay. Or that, or maybe they told me about it and I realized it was on sale or something like that. But but I got a pretty good deal on on both. But rarely is a, you know, digital but that's an game, indie game. But it's an indie game, right? But rarely is a digital game going to be cheaper than the physical counterpart oh yeah Some, sometimes it happens but it's almost never it's almost always if one's cheaper the physical copy is going to be cheaper which is crazy to me because you're actually getting a thing a thing yeah you know like a thing that has to take up space in your house right cost less which is strange but that's just the way digital games are because when you're buying all digital you're tied to the storefronts that you buy them to mm-hmm. and they know that's the only place you can get it whereas if you buy physically there are so many different retailers not to mention people you can buy from used just people yeah. who are selling on eBay i mean there's so many options if you right. go physical the 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 economics of the situation would just dictate that you're going to have more options as far as price because right. there's more than one option and more options means more competition which means lower prices that's right yeah and this has been your economics lesson with the gaming gig boys. So that's why physical gaming, uh, you know, having a physical game is a cheaper way to game. If you go all digital, which seems like it's going to be the future, I'm hoping not. Oh, it's going to be. It's. I'm worried that like the PS6 is going to be all digital and there's not going to be a version with a disc. Well, they're halfway there, man. Everybody's releasing one system that's physical and one system that's not. Like, we're halfway there. I know. I'm worried about it. And you're living on a prayer. I know. I really, I I think that probably the next generation of consoles, I'm still hoping, does have disk drives and we can get physical media. But I can definitely see the writing on the wall. Yeah. But for the time being, 
I still think going all physical is not only cool because you get to collect, yeah, but it's cheaper in the long run. Well, don't don't think about what we're going to lose. Think about what we've had the privilege to have, Randy. Mm. <laughs> he didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that. But right. also, one last thing about physical games. If you have a physical game, if you want to sell it or trade it, you can. You can't do that with a digital game. That's true. You can get some money out of it. That being said, I don't really think you should think of games as like a money investment because rarely is that going to pay off for you unless you've got some like you got a copy of Earthbound or something, but uh, but you're right. You get something out of it. Yeah, I mean, you can get some of your money back, or you can, you know, it's it's a thing. Whereas if mm-hmm. it's a digital game, you can't be like, I'll trade you my digital copy of Horizon Zero Dawn. You know what? You can't get rid of it. That's right. It's so, a thing. It's you got to have a physical object. You got to have a thing. So in my mind, that's why going all physical is the way, and it's also a good way to save money. True that. All right, so, Randy, we grew up as friends. We did grow up as friends. And, and I'd say we're still friends. I would say. And, <laughs> no, of course we're still friends. Or we wouldn't be able to sit at these TV trays together week in and week out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, we grew up, you know, in a world where uh, we both might not have every game, you know. So eventually, you know, you you the logical progression if you're trying to save some money or if you're a kid is that you borrow games from your buddies. You know, borrowing games is a great way to play on a budget and it might be the OG way. We still do it. Well, absolutely. <laughs> I've got two of your games in the house right now. Right. So first of all, you got to have some friends who are into gaming, but if you don't have if you're into gaming, you don't have friends that are into gaming. You need to change that. Find yeah, some need, friends that are into gaming. You need better friends, bro. Yeah. Because it really is a great way to, you know, if your friend lets you borrow it, you didn't pay anything for it. That's right. And on top of that, it gives you and your friend a game to talk about. Yeah. Because you shared the game, you know. You can be like, hey, what did you think about it? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's all like, you know, sprinkles and rainbows or whatever they say. Sunshine and rainbows. Sunshine and rainbows. Sprinkles are close. Sprinkles are good, too. Well... I don't really see how it's not sunshine and rainbows unless you loan it to a friend that ain't going to take care of it, if that's what you mean. Well, I do think that there are some like some cons to you know both borrowing and lending your game out. You know, I think that one when you're lending your game out to somebody, you know, one you got to really trust them, and mm-hmm. you know, there's all, even if you know they're real good friends, there's a chance that you may not get that game back. That's a, that's, that's just a, a thing. Fact. That's true. We've got... I've had that happen. I've had it happen to me. <laughs> I've, you know, it's just a thing. And it's not, you know, it's not a big deal. I mean, it's, if you're good friends with them, you know, it, it, it's just something that, you, that happens when you're trading games around in your friend circles. Like, sometimes right. a game may be forgotten about. Right. You just throw a quick brick through their window and all things are forgotten. <laughs> yeah, that would be the way to do it. But, you know... You're not talking about me, are you? No, I'm not talking okay. about you. Okay, I was like, I don't think I've ever kept one of Randy's games. No, you've never kept one of my games. I know who I'm thinking about. <laughs> I am too. Um, but, you know, that's just one of the things. I think... But also, if you're borrowing a game from somebody, you kind of have, like, the pressure of knowing that, like, <clears throat> you know, that game is lent to you, and the person who lent it to you, you know, is eventually going to want that game back, so you feel like you need to play it and then if you keep it for too long you start feeling bad about it and it's just like it's a whole thing 
It can know? be. I mean, yeah. That's it true. depends on like like I feel like you know me and you have been friends for so long. Like we we probably don't care. You know, like we know that like, and we're also neighbors. Yeah, and you know how slow I can play games too. So like right, and it's it's not like I would say don't lend out a game that you plan on playing anytime soon. Yeah, no, don't do that. Don't do that. That would be stupid. <laughs> yeah, no. If it's a game that you want to play soon, or yeah, you should just hang on to that bad boy. Or but a it, game you plan to replay, don't don't lend that game out. Yeah, but if it's a game you've played, you're not looking to replay it. If it's a good friend, yeah, help them out. Yeah, I think that like this is the <clears throat> this is the it, it puts us in a good gaming spirit. It's like a way to all share this experience, you know. Oh yeah. It's all, I mean, it's sunshine and rainbows. It is sunshine. It's sprinkles and rainbows. Sprinkles and rainbows, yes. It's sprinkles and rainbows, man. I think. Sprinkles and ice cream. So, Bob, we talked about uh, a while back, or just a little bit ago, we talked about digital games mm-hmm. and how you can't share, you can't lend your friend a digital game. Mm-mm. So, you gotta go physical. I wonder if they're gonna. No, they're not gonna ever allow that. What? I was like, I wonder if in the all digital future there'll be some way you can do that. But no, no, no. <laughs> that's not gonna be. It. You know, uh, one of the things that bums me out the most is like, um, things that are all digital. Like, say, like I don't have that many things, but one thing I do have that's all digital is the um, Quest Two. Yeah. And me too. I wish that the Quest 2 took physical media. One, like, say, we both have Quest 2s and we were playing games. Like, I wish I could share a game that I had played in VR with you. Yeah. But I can't do it. No. I guess we could just loan out our headsets. Yeah, I guess. But that seems a little weird. Like, loaning out a headset is way different than loaning out a game. Yeah, it is. For many reasons. But that's just one of the problems with... I think VR... The PlayStation VR, you can buy physical discs that have mm-hmm. the VR games on, which is cool. But, right, because it works with the PlayStation. But the Quest 2, no. Only digital. I mean, I guess if you... Can you buy like a a VR PC game and then maybe your PC still has a disc drive? And Dude, do PC games even come out physically hardly anymore? I, I feel like I'd never no, I mean, see I've physical never PC one. games. They've got to exist. They used to, for I know. sure. Yeah. That's the way we always did it. Roller coaster tycoon, baby. I, I feel like when I go to um, like gaming stores that have PC games, like it's only like The Sims and uh, like the real popular PC games that I'll see. Like GTA Five has you know a PC game port that I see out. I, but really, I don't see that many PC games anymore. I'm sure that. Some games get physical releases for PC, but I bet most of them are digital now. Yeah, I just did a quick Google search, and ain't nobody selling no physical PC games. Yeah, it's it's just codes. You just you know you just buy code and yeah, Steam code or whatever. But that's a I mean, if VR keeps going the all digital future, it'll be kind of sad to see. And I think it will. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's just one of the many problems of VR. But I love VR games, so I. It's the one place where I'm willing to make the exception and say I'll buy digital, even if I can't lend my game to you. <laughs> right. But speaking of, we did a poll about VR, and uh, the poll was, is VR gaming overhyped? Hell of a segue there, Randy, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I worked hard on that one. Yeah, so uh, we did indeed poll the people, and 
Coming in at 60% is yes. VR gaming is overhyped, apparently. Well, this is, I mean, this is not exactly, it's not like. That's not overwhelming. It's not overwhelmingly yes. 60% and then 40% said no. Yeah. So. So that's, I feel like that's probably about what I would have guessed people would say. Mm-hmm. Because some people really do regard VR gaming as a as a gimmick still. Yeah, I think I think that both the people who are like VR is the the future and the only future. I mean, I think that VR gaming will get better in the future, and I think it'll become a more important part of gaming mm-hmm. over time. But I don't think it's going to become the way to game. No, personally. No, um, there's way too many motion sick people out there like me. Right, but I also think that the people who are say that like. VR is going to flop and it's just a gimmick. I, I think those people are also wrong. Me too. I don't think it's going anywhere. I just don't think it's going to take over everything. Right. I, I do think it's going to gradually inch its way to be a more and more prevalent form of gaming. Yeah, I would agree with that. So we got some comments here. First up from Determined Torres. Mm-hmm. And these are some meaty comments. So y'all hang on to your seats. Yeah. Everyone had a lot to say about VR gaming, which mm-hmm. I like. Thank you. From a person that owns an Oculus or Meta vomit emoji, <laughs> Quest 2, it feels quite overhyped at times. VR to me feels like something that is incredibly hard to describe, which was one of the reasons why I didn't get the Quest 2 immediately when it came out in 2020. However, I've been having fun with a few games like Beat Saber, which is one of the things I keep playing every other weekday. Sure, it won't replace the PC or the consoles, but when I look past the hype and try it, it's alright for me. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it does feel like the games that come out for VR are like, I guess because it's, you know, a little bit, people aren't really that into it. They feel like they have to make it seem like it's maybe bigger and grander than it ends up actually being. Yeah. Which is a really, that's a slippery slope. I I would really try to avoid falling into something like that, but I guess. Yeah, but there are certainly some really great games out there for VR that are worth playing. And I think Beat Saber is a great example because Beat Saber is a phenomenal game. I think it's one of the best examples of VR gaming and what it can be and how it's different from regular gaming. Yeah, Beat Saber slaps. Yeah, so much fun. Yeah, that's a fun game. It's a great example of a game that utilizes the VR technology and creates something that you cannot get on a console. Right. Because there are certainly rhythm games on console, but they're not near as fun as Beat Saber. No, because Beat Saber is immersive. Yeah. You know, that's the difference. I mean, you can play those Cadence of Hyrule games or whatever on Switch, and those may be great, but it's not like Beat Saber. No. Or a game like Thumper, you know, Mm -hmm. which Thumper's fun, and it's a fun rhythm game, but it's it's not Beat Saber. Yeah. Even Thumper VR is... Thumper VR is weird because um, Thumper is... In VR is basically the same thing as console. It just feels a little more immersive. It's not really that. It's not. It's a good example of a game that doesn't need to be in VR. Well, it makes me sad to think about experiencing. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Experiencing the death of Bambi's mom in VR. That is not the thumper we're talking about, Daniel, and you know that. So, Larry House has something to say about VR. Shout out to the house. Larry says, VR is the future, but it needs more time. We will see what PlayStation VR 2 can do. I'm pretty excited, to be honest. The next big step will be developer support. It's a niche product, and it may be hard for big-name developers to commit to to building the games for it. The biggest genres in gaming 
are already dying to be made in VR. It could be a breath of fresh air that Call of Duty needs or something like Borderlands. That would be insane. It will push every racing and simulation game to new limits. It could increase the immersion in platformers like Mario or Crash Bandicoot. It's already proven incredible for horror gaming like RE7, Resident Evil 7. Yeah, I really identify with him talking about how it's going to push racing and simulation games. You know, a racing game, a really well done racing game in VR, I think could be great. I So the one that comes to mind is the uh, Gran Turismo Sport has mm-hmm. a VR mode and it is really cool. Yeah. And if you're motion sick, um, if you tend to get motion sick, it is not the game for you. Yeah, I would probably vomit all over my digital speedometer. But if you can handle it, it's really cool. Yeah. So uh, platformers, uh, you brought up platformers there. I think of... Um, what is the PlayStation um, platformer that came out that is so good? Uh, I'm just like blanking on the name. Rayman. No, uh, Astrobot. Astrobot. Oh, Astrobot. Yeah. So if you have a PS5 and you've played Astrobot, the game that comes preloaded on your PS5, that's a platformer. But the original Astrobot was a VR only platformer. And it was, it's one of the best platformers I've ever played. It's phenomenal. So much fun. It's a great example of a game that works and is made better by the VR medium. Mm-hmm. Now, I think like a shooter, like shooters in VR are weird, like bringing up Call of Duty and stuff. I've played some shooters in VR and they are hit or miss. Some can be good and some aren't. Well, I think what you, the problem you'd probably run into is the movement. I yes. Mean, yeah. You know, th- I mean, the movement in a game like Call of Duty is so important. So uh, if you've played any VR games, you know, most of the time the way you're moving is either with like the point teleport movement or. Sometimes you do have a free movement that makes me want to vomit. Um, but I, yeah, that would be kind of odd for me with Call of Duty. But that's not to say that eventually we, we won't be there. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe the game would have to be reworked because yeah. a game like uh, Super Hot. Oh, yeah. Like Super, Super Hot. Hot VR is phenomenal. But in that game, you stand still. You don't move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's a great game. Unlike the original Super Hot where you did move, in Super Hot VR, you just stand completely still. And. It works phenomenally for a game like Super Hot, and that's a really fun shooter. Yeah, so that, it can really work. Good. It can work, but um, but Super Hot is such a, uh, a it has like its gimmick. Yeah, you know, like it's not like a general shooter. No, so little time, different. If you haven't played Super Hot, so cool. Basically, the gimmick is time only moves when you move. So if you're perfectly still, the world around you is perfectly still. All your enemies are not moving at all. But when you move, they move. So you get to plan your. It's so cool because you plan all your motions. Yeah, it makes you feel like Neo from The Matrix. Yeah, you feel like the craziest like uh, spy who has superpowers. It's so cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, developer support. AAA developer support. There's another comment on the poll that we don't have that we didn't bring up, but one of it just said, um, I think it was, um, gosh, who was it? It was someone who comments often. I don't remember who it was. Hmm. But it was someone and they said, just needs AAA support. Yeah. Which is, you know, if once we get that, I think VR will go. And we're starting to see that because like PlayStation's putting out this um, Horizon game that's going to be in VR with the mm-hmm. PSVR 2. So yeah. maybe we're starting to see more of that. Maybe so. Yeah. All right. We got us one more comment from Celeria Rose. Thanks for commenting. Yeah. Absolutely. Celeria Rose said, honestly, I feel like it's not as overhyped as it used to be. Uh, back initially when the VR devices were first getting ready to come out, I saw so many people who were over the moon about how it'd be the next big thing that would replace standard gaming, and nobody would use a regular controller and screen anymore. But now a lot of that has died down. 
it's kind of found its niche and I'm sure it will grow more from that as devs continue to make more, uh, better experiences built around it. But I think the hype has been tempered as people realized it was more an alternate medium within gaming, not something that was going to take over. Right. And that's kind of almost, you know, your sentiment and yeah. my sentiment as well. It, it's another way to game. And as it gets better and better, it will become more and more a part of what we do. Yep. That's, I agree. And with anything new, it's going to be overhyped, right? Oh, yeah. But it's weird because VR is one of those things that it's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. But it seems like with every big advancement in VR, we get like a completely new wave of people being like way too hyped about it. Yeah. And, you know, eventually Apple's going to drop their VR headset. And I'm sure it's going to be about $3,000, but amazing. Um, I'm interested to see it. I, I, I That will bring some more people to the VR space, though. When Apple jumps in. Oh, yeah. Do you think that there is going to be, I know, like, uh, we're talking about VR here, but kind of related to that is aug like augmented, uh, mm -hmm. like virtual augmentation, you know, basically where you're still, it's your, the world around you, but there's added things in. Do you think yeah. that's going to become a, a thing that we see more and more in gaming? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, I do think people are going to, are, are, you know, building glass, you know, smart glasses and things like, you know, like Google Glass. You know, it's this, been a while. But, right. Yeah. But they've, but, but I think more of that will eventually arrive. And I think that's kind of um, Meta's vision for, for, for your headset. They want it to be like comfortable, like a pair of glasses. So, mm -hmm. and I think that would probably lend itself to more of an augmented reality as opposed to a VR. Right. Um, we haven't seen so, many augmented reality games. I know, like on the 3DS, there were some games. Mm -hmm. um, Pokemon Go, Pokemon Go is, is the a great example. example. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's really just a gimmick. It's not really even that like right. And you know, there's some augmented reality thing. This is way off subject, cause, but I'm a teacher, and uh, there's some neat AR apps and things like that you can do on iPad that are great for like science classrooms. I've seen them at, at a conference. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that stuff is on the rise. I, I don't know about gaming. But. I think we will see it. I think that it's going to be even <laughs> slower than just regular old VR because it just takes so much more work to make augmented reality work. Yeah. But um, yep. so that's our thoughts on VR gaming. But now that moves, on, moves us into the last segment of the podcast this week, mm -hmm. uh, which is what games have you been playing? What were your games of the week? Well, I haven't been playing a lot of games, honestly, because I started back to pre-planning this week. So a lot of my uh, mental fortitude was taken by that. Uh, if I was playing a game, it was probably either Live Alive or Sea of Thieves. Just, or yeah. Fortnite. Or Fortnite. Yeah, I did those. I, we've added Fortnite to the rotation. So, yeah. uh, And it's freaking fun. Dude. Fortnite's one of those weird... I... I I cringe when people talk about Fortnite because it's just so over. Like, people, everyone plays Fortnite. Yeah. But what I've just had to come to accept is that the reason Fortnite is so popular is because at the end of the day, it's a good game. It's a great game. Like, and it may be, like, overly popular and it just, like, is painful to think about because it's just so popular. It's like Minecraft. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like that. But also, Minecraft is another good example of... At the end of the day, you got to give it credit because it's a really good game. Yeah. I never got into Minecraft, but uh, yeah, no, it's definitely a great game, just like Fortnite. Yeah. So, 
for, I've also played a little bit of Fortnite this week. Um, <clears throat> but mostly this week, I have been playing, you know, like a live alive. Mm-hmm. But then also, um, I'm almost finished with Grand Theft Auto 4. And I have been putting tons and tons of time into Grand Theft Auto 4. And I have to say, I kind of got, now that I've really gotten back into GTA 4, I think that the Grand Theft Auto formula, just in general, feels way more dated than I remember it. It just feels dated now. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Would it feel that way if you were playing 5? See, the thing is, is 5, to me, for whatever reason, didn't feel that dated. And I think Mm -hmm. it's because... One, the types of missions in five are way more varied. Mm-hmm. In four, it's always drive to a place, get into a shootout or a chase, and then you move on to the next mission. And it's like every mission's that way for 80 missions in a row. Right. Yeah, five, I mean, I played it in the past couple of years, and uh, I loved it. I mean, I didn't think it felt dated at all. Right. But four, I haven't played since it was new, so... We've, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but GTA 4 is way more akin to like GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas than five, than it is to 5. Mm-hmm. It's way more like those that original trilogy. Yeah. That surprised me to hear you say. Honestly. I mean, like, it's not that I don't like that game. Like, I do like the Grand Theft Auto formula. I played those games forever and used to really love them. And it's not that I don't like GTA 4 because I do like the game. I just think that it just it isn't as interesting as it was to me at, at one point in the past. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and I think I've just come to the fact to realization that that game style is a, a little bit dated. Heavy criticisms levied on the Gaming Gabe podcast. Rockstar, take note. But GTA Five doesn't feel that way because yeah. GTA Five has so many more like diverse mission types where you're doing lots of different things. It's not just always a shootout or a chase like it yeah. is in GTA Four. Yeah, well, I'm glad we have GTA Five. I mean, we've only had it for about 20 years now. So that being said, GTA Four the the moment to moment like driving around and shooting everything feels good. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's clunky or bad. It yeah. is good. Yeah, I remember, I remember it feeling good, but it's been a long time. I mean, when did that game come out? It came out back in 2009, I think, because mm. uh, I remember that we were uh, seniors in high school when it came out. We've officially dated ourselves. Yes, we have. <laughs> and I remember playing it as a senior in high school when it first yeah, came out you're on right. the Xbox 360. That was Grand Theft Auto 4. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember going over... To someone's, I remember exactly where I was actually when we played it. But in my memory, I, for some reason, I was thinking that was five, but that wasn't five. That so was four. Was four. Yeah, GTA Five. I remember playing mm-hmm. because um, when GTA Five came out, I um, didn't have an. I had an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, which it did come out on Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, but mm-hmm. it also it was one of those cross gen games. Yeah, and um, I played GTA Five at my parents' house. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was 2013 because I had been married and moved out. Mm. And I had to go drive to my parents' house to go play GTA 5 on my brother's Xbox One mm. um, because I wanted to play it on Xbox One. Right. And then I actually tried to borrow GTA 5 from you. That's right. Because you bought it on Xbox 360. Yes. Not 
and because that's what you had as well. Yeah. And because I wanted to play it at my house and not have to drive to my parents. And you had finished playing the game, mm-hmm. and you were going to lend me your GTA Five, and you only lent me the data disc, not the play disc. <laughs> and I had no idea where the play disc went. And I think it might have got traded in in a console. I think you traded in your Xbox 360 for an Xbox One. No, I traded in my Xbox 360 for uh, towards a PS4. I think. Oh, PS4. That's yeah. right. Because you didn't get an Xbox One to way later. Way later. Yeah. You went back from you went from Xbox to PlayStation. Yeah. PlayStation. 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 <laughs> you know PlayStation. I went from Xbox to PlayStation. Oh, my god! And I also ate a lot of cranberry sauce while I was listening to Coldplay. <laughs> uh, I guess when we start uh, putting our enunciation on the wrong sou- syllable, is that how you say it wrong? You got it, old man. I got it. That's how you know we've reached the end of the podcast. That's <sighs> We always do that at the end of the podcast. We start misenunciating. Yeah, you know, those of you that are sticking around to the very end, you know, uh, you com- know. comment your favorite uh, misenunciation. It's kind of hard uh, to say misenunciation because you want to say mispronunciation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you you read like everything in your body wants to say mispronunciation, but you Every, gotta say misenunciation. <laughs> oh. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Well, until next time, guys, I'm Randy. And I'm Daniel. And this has been Gaming Game. Peace out.